You're listening to Church on the Park Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. I'm going to share on the power of the blessing. The message is entitled, The Power of the Blessing. And this is number 13 in Metamorphosis, The Way of Transformation, number 13. And so we've been on this series for a while. And as we start, we're going to stand for the reading of the Word. So if we can all stand up. And in honor of the reading of God's Word, we're going to stand. And I'm going to read three uh, portions of Scripture. They're not too long. We're going to be reading Numbers 6, 22 through 27, then Luke 24, 50 through 53, and then we're going to be reading something from the epistles. So I'm going to pray. I'll lead you in a prayer later. But Father, I'm asking that you bless the reading of the Word. And your word would come alive to us, that we would hear your voice, and that we would be transformed as we've been talking about in Jesus' name. Amen. So Numbers chapter 6, 22 through 27. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you. And be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. So they shall invoke, put, set, or fix my name on the sons of Israel. And then I will bless them. So that's Numbers 6, 22 through 27. Do I hear an amen? Amen. We got some more to read. Luke 24, 50 through 53. Please be... Standing still, and Jesus and he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising God. That's Luke 24 50 through 53. And the last verse. Is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Amen. All right, put your hands on your hearts, please, and pray this with me nice and loud, like there's a hundred people here. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart, transform my life. In your precious name. name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. One of the reasons why we pray that prayer is it's part of our spiritual inheritance from Steve Hill in the Pensacola Revival. He always led led us in that prayer. 
And also Pastor Kilpatrick from the Brownsville Assembly of God during the revival, he would always have a stand at the reading of the word. And uh, recently I saw that in scripture and I, and I felt that the Lord wanted us to do that in respect and honor of God's word. So it's part of our spiritual heritage as a church. Now the theme this morning is this, proclaiming the blessing is one of the forgotten spiritual weapons in our arsenal. Proclaiming the blessing is one of the forgotten spiritual weapons in our arsenal. So over the last few weeks, we've been learning about the power of praise. Now right here we need to stop and say hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I didn't hear everybody say that, so I'm gonna, we're going to say it again. I don't want to even hear the kids say it. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise, the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we've been learning about the power of praise, and praise has the power to transform our environment, turning the enemy's attack into bountiful blessing. After Jehoshaphat ordered the singers to spearhead the army, God fought the battle for them. In the end, they took abundant spoils from their enemies. They even called the valley where the multitude of opposition stood against them. They called that valley the valley of blessing after God fought the battle for them. That's in 2 Chronicles 20, 24 through 30, the valley of Barachah. So it was called the valley of blessing their praise transformed their valley of destruction into a valley of blessing. And it does the same today because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do I hear it? Amen. amen. Today, we are going to see the power of proclamation. Specifically, we will focus on proclaiming the blessing that we just read about in Numbers chapter 6. This blessing given to Aaron and his sons. This priestly blessing, this priestly blessing is another weapon in our spiritual arsenal. And it has power to turn the darkness around into light. It has power to turn the darkness around us into light. Now, its strength lies in speaking it with your mouth, not just knowing it in your head. You've actually got to speak it out of your mouth. When you vocalize it, you speak God's word over your life, family, friends, church, work, environment, neighborhood, city, and nation. Every believer, father, Mother, brother, sister, and worker should be proclaiming the blessing over their homes and places where they dwell and work. And I made a fresh infographic and translation of the blessing to help you. You can find that at brisbanefire.com slash infographics. You can download it there. But I also printed this one up. And there's a reason why I printed it up, because I wanted you to have it so that you can pull it out of your Bible or wherever you keep things, and you can read it over your family, over your home, over your workplace, wherever you are, you can take this and read it. Now, it's my own translation, 
So it's going to sound a little bit different, but not too much, not too different, but a little different. And I've set it out poetically because the Hebrew is poetic. And yeah, here, if those at home, that's what it looks like. I'm going to have Lena pass it out because she's close. Thank you, Lena. If you can pass out, you could take one, or if you have someone that you want to give it to, you can take two. If you have a family one you want to give it to, you can, you can give it to uh, someone else. So uh, feel free. If you want to take a couple, you can take a couple. So I have three quite simple points this morning. Three simple points. And the first one is, know the blessing. Can I hear you say that with me? Know the blessing. So what does the Lord's blessing mean? And I give a little description of it on the top here. Now, earlier this year, I spoke about the blessing, and I was uh, starting to develop it. And I thought I was going to spend a few weeks on it, but I didn't spend as much on it as I would have liked, and the message was entitled, The Father's Heart. And this time, we're focusing more on it. So if you say, well, Glenn, you already preached on that. Well, <laughs> I'm developing it. I know, I know. I haven't gone senile yet. <laughs> so what does the Lord's blessing mean? The Lord's blessing empowers you to fulfill His will enabling you to bear fruit and reflect his image and likeness. According to Genesis chapter 1, 20 through 28, we see where the first time, the first times in scripture where blessing was spoken, God blessed the fish and the birds and said to, he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. He also blessed man. He made man in his image. And the first words that, God spoke to man were a blessing. And this is why it's important. It's foundational. The first words that God spoke to man were a blessing. It was for him to be fruitful and multiply and to fill the earth. And so man was called to uh, reproduce the image of God, the image and likeness of God, and to cover the face of the earth with the image and likeness of God. And that's really at the heart and the foundation of what the Lord's blessing is all about. And we see in Genesis, we've been studying the book of Genesis and Exodus and uh, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy at Bible school. And we see that all throughout Genesis is a, a major theme of God's blessing. So sometimes we can get familiar with the word blessing. We use it a lot, but we shouldn't get so familiar with it. We need to understand what it means from God's perspective. So I want you to know the blessing. Now, I'll read to you my translation here, and it's in three portions. In the Hebrew manuscript, you see the psalmic, the letter, divides all the portions of the blessing, and it surrounds the blessing. This letter is, looks like, a, looks like a, an O, but it's a s, -s sound. In Hebrew, it's this letter Samech. 
So let me read it to you. And it's meant to sound a little bit different poetic. And I put the word Yahweh in because that's God's name that is used in the blessing. Yahweh bless you and guard you. Yahweh shine his face upon you and grace you. Yahweh raise his face upon you and establish you with shalom, peace, wholeness, and security. Amen. That's the blessing. It is short, it is small, but it is powerful. And here I have some imagery around the blessing. I have the, because these all speak of what the blessing does. We have this abundant fruitfulness from the grapes. We have God guard, guarding us. It sometimes is translated as keep. Uh, it's, it can be translated as both. It's the idea of God keeping you, guarding you, protecting you, fighting for you. So we see in the story of Jehoshaphat, God fights for them. It's not that the people had to do nothing. They needed to praise the Lord. But when they praised the Lord, that brought the Lord into the battle. So the first part, it's saying, Yahweh bless you and guard you. Then we see the face. I have here the face, the shining face of Jesus. We have the crowns, king's crown, the queen's crown, the blessing of rain on the crops. We have royalty and joy. These are all the images in our uh, blessing. We see the, the family, the unity. We see the table uh, of the Lord, the fortress, the bread. These are all symbols of what the blessing looks like. Now, the opposite of the blessing is the curse, and the curse looks like everything is withering away and dying and, and brown and dead and, and bleak. That's what, the, that's what a, a curse looks like. It looks like death and destruction. But blessing looks the opposite. So when the priest would proclaim the blessing... It would fix God's name on his people. That's what it says there. It's, it's like uh, it, it, when they spoke the blessing, it would put the name of God. It would establish the name of God. It would uh, uh, seal it on them, put it on them, fix it on them. And so when they spoke the blessing, it had power. It caused God's name to fix on the people. In other words, it would empower God's people to reflect God's nature and represent his kingdom and reproduce his likeness over the earth. And so it was all about restoring what the enemy had stolen in the garden. The enemy had stolen the shalom. He had stolen the blessing. He had stolen that life and joy and protection. The enemy had stolen so much and the enemy still goes about trying to steal from us. But the blessing is about God restoring what the enemy has stolen and is trying to steal. And we know John 10.10. We learned about it at Bible school this week. The thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and life more abundantly. So you know God's heart and nature for you isn't to wither up and, and go into a pit and melt away and die. God's nature and purpose and heart for you, his, his nature is toward you, his heart for you is that you would be abundant in his life and bear much fruit. 
As we study the word blessing, we see that God's blessing can rest on people, animals, land, and food. In other words, God's blessing can be on people, animals, and things. In the Greek, the word bless is eulogeo, eulogeo. And eulogeo is made up of two parts. Eu is good, and logeo is from logos. So when you piece the two together, the you being good, and then the logeo, logos, simply put, it means the good word, or a good word. Blessing means a good word. It's like the word eulogy in our English language. So when you're thinking of a of blessing, you think of a good word, and there's no better word than God's word and his heart and his nature toward us. In Luke's gospel, the last thing Jesus does is bless his disciples. That's the, as we end the book of Luke, we see that, Jesus blesses his disciples. And we read that as we opened up, but I'd like to read it again, hear it again with that in mind. We go to Luke, we go to the end there. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now, there was only uh, 11 of them at this point. We had one betray, Judas betrayed Jesus. So there's 11 of them. They are small indeed. But Jesus leaves them at the end with his blessing. And you are here because of the power of Jesus' blessing. The church has multiplied to millions upon millions of believers all across the, the world, even to this, you know, 2,000 years later, because the power of Jesus' blessing. And this is what he left. And what I want to say is that he has given you a mouth and he has given you his word, so that you can speak it also. And because you are in Christ, the same power the blessing had in Jesus' mouth is the same power it will have in your mouth. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he parted for them and was carried up into heaven. So he's leaving them. He's going up into heaven, blessing them. <laughs> it's like, shh. They're just, they're just soaking in, just, just bathing in his blessing. And notice what this causes in them. And they, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Well, why should they have great joy? They're, they know everybody's against them. We, they know that the authorities have crucified Jesus and they called them a blasphemer. So following him wasn't going to be easy. So there's just 11 of them. And they're entrusted with this great commission to go and make disciples of all nations. And it's just 11 of them. Of course, there's been other believers, but a lot of them have scattered. They're all afraid. Now, even they were afraid. Even they were shaking in their boots, boots. yet Jesus blessed them. And they, after worshiping him, returned to, returned to Jerusalem with great joy. That blessing produced a great joy within them and were continually in the temple 
praising God. So they had this joy, this praise that came out of Jesus blessing them because it was a good word that he spoke over them. In the face of the impossible. Now, we need to believe in the blessing in the face of the impossible and especially difficult situations. And I've said it before, it's in difficult situations and trying times for churches, for families, for individuals, whatever it is, it's in these times we have to know that we are blessed of the Lord. Even though it may look, hey, it's only 11 of us. Yet with Jesus, he causes them to be fruitful and multiply. So this reminds us, this blessing of Jesus reminds us of God's first words to man, a blessing to be fruitful and multiply. And blessings give us purpose, identity, and power to carry out God's will. And you can speak God's blessing. It doesn't have to be the exact same words as the blessing, the priestly blessing, but it, it must be the same spirit and the same kind of heart you know, the same spirit and the same heart as that blessing because that's a pattern for us. But something that I've often prayed over the kids at night is I lay hands on them and I pray, Lord, bless you and cause you to grow in wisdom and stature in the favor of God and man. The Lord bless you and protect you and may you have a heart for him. And I pray that for the kids often at night. And you can see its effect in Gideon's life. Amen? <laughs> and Eva and Allison and Valerie. Have, just speaking that blessing has a positive effect. So blessings give us purpose, identity, and power to carry out God's will. The blessing of Jesus at the end of Luke filled the disciples with joy and praise as we just saw. Now, in Hebrew, the word for bless is barach, barach. And it comes from the word berech. Berech is, can anybody guess what berech is? Nee. nee. Okay. So, berech, barach. And the, the idea behind it is kneeling, either a kneeling of a blessing or receiving. It has to do with the knee, the kneel. Kneeling, it shows us God's humility to kneel down to bless us and bestow on us his grace. So here, to bless, for Jesus to bless the disciples face to face, he had to step down from heaven to earth. That was humility. He was incarnated. He became man. He walked on earth. He suffered. He died. He, he knelt. It was this kneeling to bring the blessing. And we see, especially in the Garden of Gethsemane, that picture of him praying and just on the ground crying out to the Father. We bless the Lord when we kneel down and humbly praise and thank him. So one of the ways we, we express blessing or praise is by kneeling. So that's why we bring this grass here, and many weeks ago, Patrick took the uh, 
the fragrance and sanitized it all and sprayed on it. And he had a good idea. He said, uh, let's get some Velcro suits and make it a Velcro thing. And we can Velcro us to the altar. And, and Patrick, my pastor, used to say the problem with the living sacrifice is it tries to get off the altar because it's living. We need to stay on the altar. Well, this is one of the reasons we, why we have this, but you don't necessarily need this. You can kneel wherever you would like. The attributes of God's kindness, humility, love, and grace are seen in the Hebrew word for bless, barach. Bless is barach, and blessing is baracha, baracha. So that you might have heard of the baracha, the blessing. And the word bless in Hebrew also sounds like another word, barach. And barach is, uh, it sounds very similar, it's just spelled with one different letter at the end. Uh, barach means to, uh, means lightning or to light up. It means to light up or lightning or something glistening. And so we see one of the main features of the blessing is Yahweh shining his face upon us. Yahweh shines his face. And we see that theme of the face and the, the countenance and the shining two times in the blessing. When the priest spoke the blessing over Israel, they were paving the way for their Messiah, Jesus, to come. So when the priests were speaking the blessing, they were pre preparing the way, paving the way for the Messiah, Yeshua to come, Jesus. As we study the New Testament, we see that Jesus is the fulfillment of the blessing. Jesus is the fulfillment of the blessing. Oh, I'm looking for my own copy here. So use it as a reference. So as we study the New Testament, we see that Jesus is the fulfillment of the blessing. The Lord himself has revealed his light and face to us. And that is the greatest blessing. The greatest blessing is Jesus himself. Yeah. Jesus himself is the blessing. When, we pray, when the priest prayed, Yahweh shine his face upon you and grace you or be gracious to you, when they prayed that, it actually came to pass when Christ came. Well, it was God did it all throughout history, but it, was, it was, had its deepest fulfillment in Jesus' coming and in his resurrection. And then we read in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We spent, spent a long time here at church teaching through the book of Ephesians and Philippians in the years before we spent about three years in the book of Ephesians going through it meticulously, and we kept on coming back to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, not with some spiritual blessings, but with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So every spiritual blessing of Scripture, every good promise is yours in Christ Jesus. There is nothing withheld from you. And spiritual does not mean that there's no material form of blessing. 
spiritual in Scripture means that it's coming from the Spirit. It's coming from the Spirit. And so the, the Spirit has a, also physical blessings for us as well, like health and healing and provision. But most importantly is the blessing of forgiveness, unity with Jesus. Uh, intimacy with Jesus, relationship with Him, to know Him face to face, to be transformed by Him, to have His love in our hearts, and we're going to see very soon His peace. So my first point was know the blessing. So I hope you're getting familiar more with the blessing, what it means, and that Jesus is ultimately the blessing. Point two, know the power of the blessing. So the first point was know the blessing, but now it's no, the power of the blessing. So again, here's my translation. Yahweh bless you and grace you. Oh, sorry. Yahweh bless you and guard you. <laughs> I got to get it right myself. <laughs> Yahweh bless you and guard you. Yahweh shine his face upon you and grace you. Yahweh raise his face upon you and establish you with shalom. Peace, wholeness, and security. And I wanted to keep the word shalom in there because it means peace, but then extrapolate the meaning there in making it clear that it's, it's more than peace. It's also wholeness and security and completeness and fulfillment. In Leviticus 9.23... We see the power of blessing visibly manifested. Now listen to this verse. Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting. When they came out and blessed the people, the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. <laughs> Can I read that again? I actually need to hear a little bit more excitement over that one. This was a physical manifestation of the glory of God to the people. It appeared to the people Usually there was a, like a glory clown. And there was a number of, in Pensacola, where I was uh, seeking the Lord in the revival and studying, there was a number of manifestations of uh, a physical cloud in the room where people could barely see their hands just a little bit. Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting. And when they came out and blessed the people, Notice, bless the people. The glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. So here we see a physical manifestation, visible of the power of the blessing. And then I want to bring our attention to the three parts of the blessing. Because these three parts of the blessing, these three portions of the blessing, remind us of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The last portion reveals to us that the Holy Spirit gives us true peace. Because we read, Yahweh raise his face upon you and establish you with shalom, peace, wholeness, and security. Now, just before leaving his disciples, Jesus taught us that he would give us his own peace, the Holy Spirit. So Jesus' peace, Jesus' shalom was the Holy Spirit. And he imparts and gives the Holy Spirit to those who believe in him. Listen to this. 
and you'll remember it as we read it. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. So notice that first he talks about the Holy Spirit, and then there's this connection in the next verse with what that peace is. The whole, it's the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the helper, the paraclete. So, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. That's the giving of the Holy Spirit. Not as the world gives do I give to you. He doesn't give and take it back. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. So we see the, the impartation, the establishing, the fixing of shalom on us in the last portion of the blessing. And we see this fulfilled in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit coming in us and being in us. He is our shalom. So you have shalom within you. Did you know that? You have God's shalom within you. You have Jesus' shalom within you. And so as, as a, now you're an ambassador of shalom and you're purpose is to bring shalom to other places and you're a spreader of shalom that's your calling and you can do that everywhere you can be driving in the car shalom 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 you can be walking the city praying for shalom as you walk around the city as i come to the park i'm praying we're praying for your god's peace to come in the park i pray for shalom in the school this milton state school on the uh, leaders and the teachers and the children. And uh, the visible reflection is we see that the school is prospering since we've been here. So we keep on. And when we, after the flood, this place looked like a really death and destruction, even, even like seven months after or so. And we would speak peace and blessing over the park. But it was really a ghost town here for a while. I mentioned that before. Now, the first part of the blessing, we looked at the third part, but the first part of the blessing reflects the Father from whom all blessings flow. So the Father blesses us and guards us. From the Father, all blessings flow. And the second part of the blessing reflects Jesus, who is the face of God that gives us true light and grace. Yahweh, shine his face upon you and Grace you. Oh, the language here reminds us of John chapter 1 and the light and the Lord dwelling with us. We see in uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18, we see how we are transformed. We read this last week, uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18. Now we're coming to an end soon. 2 Corinthians, oh, I, I, did I get it wrong? Uh, here it is, I was, uh, 
oh yeah, no, I didn't get it right. I was at my computer about three in the morning praying. Kids, it's always a blessing if the kids get up in the night, keeps you up. <laughs> so I meant more time in prayer, <laughs> more time in study. Hallelujah. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all with unveiled face behold, as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. And then we read in a, a little bit further, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. And this one really makes it clear. For God who said, light shine, light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give us, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Now I want you to say face of Christ. So let me read that last part. This light. For God who said light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So we see the middle part of the blessing being fulfilled in Jesus in his face. Now, talking more about the power of the tongue, and the power of the blessing, we know this verse, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. It's in Proverbs 18, 21. So when you proclaim the blessing, you are proclaiming the Father's heart, will and word over those in your care and your environment. You are literally bringing life into the places you dwell. And you're called to bring life. You're called to speak that blessing. So when you proclaim the blessing, you're proclaiming the Father's heart. And the blessing coming out of your mouth is one of the ways God's kingdom is manifested on earth. It's the fulfillment of the Lord's prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's a very authoritative prayer. When you're speaking the blessing, it's not like you're pleading with God, oh, Lord, please, could you, if you really like me, oh, Lord, would you please bless me? That is not, that's, it's, it's not that when you're proclaiming the blessing, it's not the time for that, though there's times to pray, like, Lord, I'm desperate, I need you, I need your grace. But this is, when you speak the blessing, you are uh, knowing your authority, you are speaking with authority. And so notice how the words are very authoritative. They're coming from the priest authority, and you'll see it's also your authority in Christ. Yahweh bless you and keep you. Not Yahweh, please, if you could, bless you, but you are standing in your authority as an ambassador of Christ, as a representative of Christ. Lord, bless and keep. And what you do, when you do this, it's like shining a light in your family, in your workplace, in your city. It's like shining a light. And that light chases the darkness. 
It, it is an ushering in of the kingdom of God on earth, and that's what you're called to do. The power is in speaking it out, not just praying it in the mind. And I know we can try to think of ourselves as really humble. Oh, you know, I pray it in my heart. I, I think about it. The power is in the speaking of it, in the declaration and the proclamation, in you knowing who you are in Christ and standing in your royalty in, in Christ and speaking it out. Now, we are called to rule and reign with Christ, and we'll learn a little bit more about that in our last couple sessions at Bible school as well as some other things. But we don't want to in any way start to walk around pompous and proud and think, you know, I'm ruling and reigning with Christ. Uh, you have to submit to me. We don't want that attitude. You need a humble attitude, but you don't want the opposite of, oh, I'm nothing, I can't speak this blessing, because then the enemy gets in, and you're meant to be someone who is warring against the enemy. Now, what am I saying here? I'm saying that the blessing is one of the weapons in your spiritual arsenal. Just like praise is. We praise, and as we praise, we transform the environment. We speak blessing. So, Peter, what I would say for the J.C. soldiers... And always be speaking blessing over the J.C. soldiers. And if you're a mom, always be speaking blessing over your child. Wherever you are in your church, always be speaking blessing. Believe me, there's enough cursing and speaking death and, and, and criticizing and judgment that comes through the mouth of people that we have to over and above bless. Are you... Are you with me? And what, what it is, is blessing is more powerful than curse, cursing. Cursing may seem quite powerful. And someone curses something when they have a, a judgmental spirit or they're bitter or angry or upset and, and they, they, they speak some type of darkness over it. And uh, a lot of Christians do that not realizing it. Uh, speaking curses out of their mouth, speaking curses uh, about their own life, speaking death over themselves. Remember, you have been called to inherit a blessing and to speak blessing. So speak life over the people around you. Now, you know, the scripture even says we're meant to bless those who curse us. <laughs> bless those who curse you which uh, we often think, but do something nice, and that's good. Do something kind. But it's, just, it's, it's more than that. It's also speaking life. It's speaking life about them, praying for them, going back to this blessing. And the blessing ultimately, if it works in someone's life, actually turns their heart. <laughs> it brings repentance. The blessing of the Lord brings repentance to people. So you need to speak it over your environment, family, and church. Every father needs to speak it over their family. Every, every worker needs to speak the blessing over their work environment. Children can speak it. You can speak it in your schools. You speak it as you go about the city. Prayer walking is a good thing. You go around, get a, get a buddy, and, and speak blessing. And always remember God's heart of blessing because sometimes in, in church life, prayers turn into witchcraft kind of praying. It's, it's like uh, pushing your will and uh, it becomes dark. And the Lord wants 
our prayers to be full of light and life. Because in the beginning, he said, let there be light. He didn't say, let there be darkness. <laughs> he said, let there be light. And that's the words that came out of his mouth, his first words, Vayomer Elohim. And God said, let there be light. And in the same way, he want, he's made us in his image and his likeness. He wants the words that we speak to be light. And yeah, light overcomes darkness. And that's what the blessing is about. So when you continue to speak blessing, and you can put it in your own words, and there's a numbers of different blessings that you can find in Scripture. Well, these blessings bring light to those around you. Proclaiming blessing causes God to move and people to come to know him. It, it, it brings people to Jesus. Proclaiming blessing strengthens God's people. Proclaiming blessing empowers the church to be fruitful and multiply. Speaking blessing chases the darkness away and replaces our environments with God's light. It's a weapon that fights against the enemy's plans to steal, kill, and destroy. And the blessing does the opposite to the enemy's work. It imparts abundant life, the life of Jesus. And declaring blessing brings transformation. So you have a key to bring transformation, and that is the blessing that the Lord has put in your mouth and in your heart to speak out. So summing this part up, and we're almost finished here, summing it up, the blessing causes God's kingdom to advance and grow. The blessing causes God's kingdom to advance and grow. Are you with me? All right, last point. Know your authority to speak the blessing. And I've already touched on this, so we won't be here too long. Know your authority to speak the blessing. You have been blessed to be a conduit of the Father's blessing. You see that? With Abraham, God blessed him so that he could be a blessing to all the nations of the earth, all the family groups. So be, speaking the blessing is being a conduit of the blessing. You have been blessed. You have been forgiven. You have been brought into relationship with Jesus Christ. You have a new heart. And so you want to, you've been blessed to be a blessing. And you want to bless those around you. In the past, God entrusted the blessing to Aaron and his sons, the priests. But now in Jesus, we are all priests. Do you know that? I think we know that, but we need to be reminded. In Jesus, we are all priests. We are a royal priesthood. So go to 1 Peter chapter 2, 9 through 10. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 through 10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So notice in that first part, but you are a chosen race of royal priesthood. This is a great privilege 
But it's also a weighty responsibility. Jesus has given you authority to speak life. And in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, it talks about he has given us all authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. And how we do that is through blessing, speaking blessing, speaking life. When you speak the blessing, speak it with authority. Know your authority and use it. At first, we feel a little bit odd speaking with authority about the kingdom. Maybe we're, at, we're in work and we may be an important person at work and we know what it is to speak in authority at work. But this is now as an ambassador of the kingdom and you only do it by the power of the Holy Spirit that you speak in authority. And you do, it's, it's a humble authority. So when you speak the blessing, speak it with authority. Know your authority and use it. And if you're facing a difficult situation and you see the enemy getting in, it's time to speak the blessing and keep speaking the blessing. Don't kind of get swallowed up in all of this. Like last night, kids weren't sleeping. They had bad dreams. And at night, so tired. You need some, you know, parents, you need to sleep. And I'm thinking, oh, oh where's the blessing in my life? I'll tell you, that's how I was thinking. But then... I came over, walked over into the kids' room, prayed a blessing, spoke a blessing over them, and tried to get back to sleep, couldn't. So I got to seeking the Lord earlier, and that was a blessing too, a blessing in disguise. <laughs> a blessing in disguise. So when you speak the blessing, it causes the plants and vines in your life, which are the people in your life to grow healthy and vibrant. It will lead people to Jesus and cause them to grow like Jesus. And like I said before, we are even called to bless those who curse us. So you'll find this in Luke 6, 28, Romans 12, 14, 1 Corinthians 4, 12, 1 Peter 3, 9, bless those who curse you. Oh, we're close to uh, 1 Peter 3, 9, so... Again, our, our reaction when someone does something bad to us is to uh, retaliate, to speak bad in return. But God's way is different. You speak blessing to those who curse you or hurt you. That's So 1 Peter 3, 9 says, Not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. And most importantly, most importantly, be the blessing you speak of. Be the blessing you speak of. And my last thing is a, is, is a warning. Don't taint the blessing by also speaking curses out of your mouth. Because one time... I've had this happen before as uh, somebody speak a, a great blessing over us or pray something over us and maybe uh, a few days later or sometimes it's been a few minutes later, the exact opposite was coming out of their mouth. Oy vey. <laughs> we, we don't want both blessing and cursing coming out of our mouth. Now, sometimes we do and when, when that happens, we need to repent quickly and say, Lord, please forgive me. Uh, because you have not called me to be like that. 
Jamestown. I didn't hear much laughter before. Maybe I'm hitting a nail in the head, but I didn't mean to. I'm just, I'm just talking here. James chapter 3, verse 10. We'll see, we'll see verse 9. With it, we, it's talking about our tongues. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives or a vine produce figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh. So here is where we need to guard our hearts and to take out all of the poison that would come out of our mouths so that we can speak blessing instead. So let's all stand. Let's all stand. And I'm going to, again, speak the blessing over you. It was at Joseph's dedication that we spoke the blessing and we sang it, I think, and we sang it, which was a great, helped inspire this. And uh, so the three main points are this. Know the blessing, know the power of the blessing, and know your authority to speak the blessing. So know the blessing, know the power of the blessing, and know your authority to speak the blessing. So now we're going to put it into practice. We, I'm going to speak it over you. We're going to sing it, but then we're going to get in little groups of two or three, and I want you to use that, the card, and I want you to speak the blessing over the, your uh, little group uh, of the people that are there. Maybe it's one person or two. Um, and also anything else that the Holy Spirit moves you to bless somebody with. So we're going to put this into practice. And it might be good if we, all these chairs that are not filled, we bless them to be filled. Yeah. Bless this place. Yeah. There was times in our Bible school where we were small. There was a few of us. We all got to praying and blessing, and we saw the multiplication. So I've seen many times God do that where, where things seemed quiet and small and where we prayed where we praised, where we proclaimed, and God brought the fruitfulness. So he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So now I'm going to, where did I put it? Somewhere here. The blessing is hidden in the scripture. Okay. And just put yourself in a posture to receive. And this is for everybody. This is for the children. This is for the little ones, the children, the teenagers, the old the ones. There's no old ones in our church, though. <laughs> the older ones, it's for everyone. Yahweh bless you and guard you. Yahweh shine his face upon you and grace you. Yahweh raise his face upon you and establish you with shalom, peace, wholeness, and security. Amen. And now I'm going to speak it over, to, over you in Hebrew. So you're going to get a double blessing here, double portion. Yavarachecha Adonai ve'yishmarecha. Ya'er Adonai panav alecha vihunecha. 
Yisa Adonai Panav Alecha Vayasem Lecha Shalom. The whole blessing, it ends with Shalom. That's the grand finale of the blessing. Shalom. Hallelujah. Now we'll sing. <laughs> Thanks, Anna. Thank <laughs> you.